Hit it. Tune into the manifesto hosted by Emily Wheaton, Logan Cook, and Logan Bishop. The Political Science Society's new radio cast. Catch us on local 107.3 FM and wherever you find podcasts. Uh, welcome to the manifesto. I'm your host, Logan. Today, my guest is Daniel LA, MLA for Moncton East and Minnesota Local Government. Hi, Daniel. Good day. So my first, uh, actually, give me a My first question is: you you are the Minnesota local government and the Higgs government, and last fall the Higgs government did the most comprehensive local government reform since 1967. One of the reasons yes. that, that you that you gave for doing it is the persistent democratic deficit, which existed in the former LSDs. I live in LSD, so I understand that was a deficit. Why was it important to? fix this long this long-standing deficit and what is the importance of local democracy well i think the basically the the status quo wasn't uh was no longer serving the, serving the needs of many new brunswickers mm-hmm. reform was required to change uh because we needed a new vision for local governance reform as you know we we were living in a, a in a local governance system which has been in existence for over 60 years. Mm-hmm. And yes, successive governments try to do some changes. However, the political will was not there. And successive governments also studied the issues. So the issue of local governance or municipal affairs uh, really started to get the rev- a review or a study back in the 1990s. It started with the uh, McKenna government, Whereas they, they looked at it, they did a couple of uh, amalgamations here and there. Uh, then the Lord government, uh, Minister Kim Jardine at the time was the Minister of Local Government. She started a big study on local governance reform. However, because of the 2003 election, 2003 election uh, the political will was not there. Uh, park it to the Allward government who put it back on the table. Uh, they, Minister Fitch at the time, uh, reviewed the Finn report, which came in the Graham government. So the Graham government went with the report in jean Finn in 2008, which was 184 pages of uh, how New Brunswick should only have 53 communities. Fitch, Minister Fitch did actually 44 uh, writing uh, meetings in mm-hmm. the regions, public meetings, over 5,000 people uh, participated. And hence, we saw the new regional service commissions. So the service commissions, we, which has New Brunswick divided in 12, uh, took place and they took care of two uh, mandates, which was number one was waste, waste management, and number two was planning. Uh, the Gallant government did some tweaking on the local governance law, mm-hmm. which they de- definitely went move forward. They uh, modernized it, and the our government in September of 2020 decided that 
with all these studies and all the talk of local governance reform, let's move forward with it. And that's why it's basically a, a two, pretty much two decades in planning. And that's why we um, started with a program to analyze and review what was needed. So we did a, uh, uh, and engineers love using uh, green papers and white papers. Mm -hmm. So the green paper is a paper, whereas you put everything uh, on the kitchen table. And then we consulted with New Brunswickers. We did over 60 meetings, met with over 3000 people, the 104 municipalities and the 236 LSDs. And we soon find out that we need to do four things. We had to look at a new structure. So we have villages, cities, towns in New Brunswick. So we had to reduce the number of municipalities in New Brunswick. Also, we had LSDs, local service areas, which for the past 60 years, individuals that live in LSDs, which was 30% of the population, did not have the ability to vote mm -hmm. on municipal matters. So, you know, the the closest politics to the citizen is municipal politics. And you had 30% of New Brunswickers that did not have the ability to vote. So structure was number one. Number two, it was regional collaboration. So how can we collaborate, be more efficient and reduce duplication? It's by collaboration. And we used the 12 regional service commissions, which were born and established in 2013, that's why we thought, well, that was a good base or a good foundation. Let's start with that. So we started to work on regional collaboration. Point number three, which was really important, was planning. And I think for young people in New Brunswick, the most important point in local governance reform, it's about planning. It's about showing New Brunswickers, young New Brunswickers, and people from outside New Brunswick what we value. Because mm -hmm. we know that forestry, agriculture, fisheries are traditional industries which establish New Brunswickers or establish New Brunswick as a place to do business. But how are we going to do it for the next 250 years? The next 250 years, we have to look at the environment now. We have to work with our First Nations. We have to, do, we have to make sure it's operating in an environmentally friendly way. Make sure that we adhere to labor standards. So the way we did business the last 250 years is going to change the way we're going to do it for the next 250. So that's why it's important to do good planning. And the last and not least, the last point that we talked about was finance. Obviously, financing our municipalities, that changing the relationship between the provincial government and the municipal governments were really important. So that's Risky, a long-winded answer to your short question. Yes, uh, I I live in, frankly, the middle of nowhere. And until last fall, I never had a town council. I never had a mayor. It was an LSD, and they didn't really do much because they couldn't do much. Agreed. Uh, you served as a deputy minister during the David Allward government. How did this experience in the civil service impact your approach to being a minister? And how did it form your relationship with your deputy minister when you became the minister of local government? Uh, I think the answer on that one is that 
I got involved in politics very, at a really, very young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved politics at university. I actually participated at the Liberal Convention in 1990 between uh, Paul Martin and Jean Chrétien. So I, I always loved politics. Being mm-hmm. an uh, observer in polit- politics was very important for me. I think my relationship with my colleagues, my deputy minister stems as I was executive assistant to Premier Bernard Lord for five years. I was the deputy minister in the Allward government for four years. So uh, I think it's understanding how government works. It's really important to make sure that, you know, some or all, a lot of, a lot of files which are, are existing. And there's one thing that doesn't change in politics. The people that work in government are all the same people. Politicians change, <laughs> but government officials do not. So that's why it's really important to uh, have those relationships with government officials. And that's why they call me minister, because they'll definitely forget my name and some other minister will be called minister eventually. You mentioned working for Premier Lord. You were his executive assistant from 2000 to 2003. What was the most important lesson you learned from working with Premier Lord? Uh, Premier Lord's an individual who's... Uh, uh, smart, intelligent. I think what I got from him is that in politics, you never promise. Uh, mm-hmm. You manage expectations and you have to be through, truthful with New Brunswickers. Uh, New Brunswickers, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the, the movie Moneyball when uh, Brad Pitt's character is talking to a player mm-hmm. and is explaining to his assistant that how to fire or to say to a player that you're going to trade him. Well, it's the same thing. People want to hear the truth, be direct with them, and don't sugarcoat it. Manage expectations and don't overpromise. And you're going to work on, and you have to say to New Brunswickers that you're going to work on the file and do the best as you can. So that's what I think I learned from Bernard Lord. And the second thing I learned from Bernard Lord is when somebody calls you, reply to them in the next 48 hours. So I have the 48 hour rule. Okay. And when somebody calls me, I always call them back within 48 hours. Um, Premier Lord became leader of the PCs and Premier at a fairly turbulent time for the PCs. They had been out of government for, what, 10 years during the mechanic government? Right. H- how has the PC party grown and changed since the days of Premier Lord? Well, I think when the, uh, the 87 election, uh, when it was 20, the 87 election where McKenna won 58 to zero, mm-hmm. uh, you saw a definitely uh, uh, a transcendent or a change in the leadership of the PC party of New Brunswick. You know, we're, I'm uh, proud to be a progressive conservative uh, party member. So a lot of those members uh, uh, were not there back in 97. You know, the, the, uh, and the election in 1999 started at the leadership in 1997. So I think that transition was, uh, to your point, a challenge. A lot of the members or the old par- party experience, the gray matter was not there anymore. So I think what has changed from the Lord years to today's uh, government is that Fortunately, unfortunately, uh, we've been changing governments here and there, mm-hmm. but a lot of the same people uh, are still in the politics in the last 20 years. So, 
Um, you were the second minister to release a letter written to the premier about like the francophone emergent, uh, French emergent change. What convinced you to release that letter and why is it so important that not only the premier but the public knows your stance on bilingualism? Well, I think uh, the official, the the law of the official languages is, is important. It's the mm -hmm. most important law of all the laws because the official languages law is goes beyond the other laws. I think New Brunswickers want to live in harmony. In harmony, uh, people do not want to fight on language. We are a province where sixty-five percent English and thirty-five percent French. Mm -hmm. We should be proud of that. You know, we're attracting record numbers of people to New Brunswick. In the last three years, we've moved from 750,000 people. As of today, this morning, we're 825,000 people in this province. So we should be relishing that we are our bilingual, the only mm -hmm. bilingual province in New Brunswick. And as an Acadian who went to the University of Moncton that grew up in a French uh, family setting, it's important for me that my colleagues around the table know where I stand and that they and that's what's great about the Progressive Party of New Brunswick that I feel that I can say what I have to say and I have no problems qualms with that and uh, I'm glad that my party have lots of people of different backgrounds in our party and I think that's what's pretty special about the PC party of New Brunswick. Um this is a this is a long question so forgive me for just gonna take a bit to ask it. In the conclusion to Jacques Courtois' The Right Fight, Lord, Premier Lord is quoted as saying that he'd be surprised if we returned to the electoral pattern we had in the middle of the 20th century, where election after election, the Liberals won virtually every seat in New Brunswick. However, the last two elections do indicate a trend back in that direction. Was Lord wrong to be so confident in the future success of the PCs with Francophone, or is this just a short-term pickup? That's uh, geez, that's a good quote, Logan. Geez, that's a really good quote. I think in uh, you have to remember. Look, let's look at New Brunswick from 1867 to about 1935, 1940. Successive governments existed. If you look at it, if you had a premier with over five years, it was normal. So you're looking at pretty much 75 years to 80 years, which was a government which they went term change of what we've been experiencing for in the last 20 years. From 1940 to about 1997, so for another 60 years, we had governments that would stay for longer times. So mm -hmm. you, you had the uh, Fleming governments, you had the Dysart's government, you have uh, Louis Jobichaud, Hadfield, McKenna. So it's not necessarily about more the language of the party. That's what New Brunswick was all about. It was having governments for a short term and changing. So we had 80 years of, I wouldn't say instability, but of government change quicker. Mm -hmm. The next 60 years, we had longer term governments. And now for the last 25 years, we came back to what we did in the first 100 years. So it's, uh, it's not a surprise. I think Different parties attract different people. You're right, though, to, to say that New Brunswickers, we have the ethnic vote, which has definitely mm -hmm. a, I think, as a political scientist growing up at University of Moncton for myself, the ethnic vote was uh, uh, definitely something, something studied. 
we definitely see it in some writings and some are other writings. The urban writings are more rich than ever before. So I think our biggest differentiator, Logan, from the traditional politics to new politics, I think what the biggest thing that uh, distinguishes us is not language more than urban versus rural. And that's okay. something new. And that's where local governance reform have, you know, we've reduced the number of entities. So I think there's the urban versus rural. It is a, a different New Brunswick experience right now. And when I talk to my colleagues, you know, in rural areas, they talk about internet, they talk about roads, they talk mm-hmm. about different services. Whereas in urban areas, we talk about homelessness, we talk about uh, social development issues. Mm-hmm. We have all those issues. However, they're more accentuated in urban areas on one sphere. And on another sphere, they're more accentuated on the other side in an urban area. So it's just, I think that's the biggest difference these days, more than anything else. Uh, you know, uh, now we're, we live in a great province. And yes, there's some issues that distinguish mm-hmm. us, there but there's a lot of that harmonize us or put us in, in harmony too, so. Um, this is a really a question. It's, it's a big question for you. How can the government continue to develop New Brunswick and attract all these new people and keep new people coming into New Brunswick to increase our population and all that good stuff? Well, I think uh, we, we, we showed in our region budget that we have the ability to attract New Brunswickers. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. However, we have to make sure that we work in priority sectors. And there's five. We need better healthcare services. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. we are working on that. We need a good education system. That's important because we're attracting all these new people just in the greater Moncton area. In the last three years, we've attracted, uh, is it uh, 1,800 new students? By oh. the way, that's four new schools. And we don't mm-hmm. we have don't have the ability to build four new schools at this point. So number three, it's social development. The issues around social development is so important. The pandemic inflation has been tough on New Brunswickers. So we have to make sure that we uh, invest in social development. Number four, we have to invest in housing. So with all these people coming in. You need good housing. And point number five, which is one that we take for granted day in and day out, is public safety. We need to feel safe. You're in uh, university right now. You definitely uh, studied the pyramid of Maslow in psychology, that if you don't feel secure and you don't have a house, you cannot... uh, access to the next level of your pyramid to make sure that you uh, realize your full potential. So I think healthcare, education, social development, housing, and public safety, those are the places that we have to invest to make sure that New Brunswick can continue to grow. Because if not, we'll have uh, actually a bad connotation. There'll be bad messaging and that people don't want to live in a place where you're not secure you don't have good healthcare, you don't have good mm-hmm. schools, which you, we don't take care of the people that needed the most, that the help they needed the most, and we need housing. So, 
those are the five key areas that we have to continue investing in. A question I ask every guest I interview is, what are your thoughts on first past the post and changing the electoral system away from first past the post yeah. and something more proportional? Well, we see in uh, the state of Israel, which uh, I, uh, I I love seeing their politics. They've had, uh, what, six elections in the last uh, two, three years. It's a uh, lot. Look, it's a lot. Uh, stability, if you want stable governments, you have the first pass the post. It's a proven track record for democracy. It's been in existence for the last uh, 150, 200 years. So uh, that's the only thing I have to say on that. Uh, if you look at stability, the type of government we have now is the type of mm -hmm. government we should continue with. Is there anything you want to say about what's happening in New Brunswick going to government to the people listening? I'm just, uh, for myself, on a personal, uh, it's, again, local government's reform. Uh, it has been uh, an important issue for New Brunswickers. I hope they realize that local government's reform is not done. We still have lots to do. Uh, I have, uh, I'll be tabling a bill on a municipal governance commission. Uh, will be the ninth province in Brunswick to have a municipal governance commission. So that's coming very soon. Also, we have, we are working on a bill to make sure that uh, permanent residents have the ability to vote. We'd be the first province okay. in Canada to that's have that ability. We'll be also coming with legislation on uh, uh, election financing for municipal uh, for municipal uh, candidates. So that so we're not done. We still have also we want to um, the uh, on part two of the finance reform. We have to change the way that we do uh, uh, our that partnership with the municipalities. So how can we increase? or give them more tax room, more mm -hmm. the ability to have more funds. So like, a, I think my message here uh, to your auditors today is that to make sure that local governance reform is still on the radar, it's not done, and we still have a good two, three years to go. Uh, my final question is, do you plan on seeking re-election in the next provincial election? Well, I'm not in the next, uh, next provincial election. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I'm not decided. Uh, as okay. uh, you really maybe listened, that uh, you saw the, the the new provincial boundaries commission has divided my riding in three. Ooh. So uh, I have uh, some uh, choices to, to make, mm -hmm. some people to talk to. So yeah, I'm one of those ridings in New Brunswick, which were literally divided in two, and actually lost a part of my riding to a third riding, actually. So uh, yeah. So right now, I'm continuing to be the MLA from Moncton East, enjoying it every day. Uh, I have the ability to move forward in a new uh, writing of Moncton East or the new writing of Chandoré Irish Town, which is part of my writing today. So I'll have two choices and I'll have to talk to people. And as I indicated earlier uh, this month, that I'll just make that decision in the summer of 2024. Yes, I, I interviewed uh, David Kuhn yesterday, and he's facing the same problem. His riding was split right down Regent Street in Fredericton. Yeah. To, he doesn't know where to run. It, yeah. it does not seem like a fun problem to have. It's not a fun problem, <laughs> and it's not an easy answer for asking. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, A week in politics is a, 
uh, like uh, 10 years in a cat's life. So <laughs> just, it's a, uh, it's an open-ended question and it's the best question. It's the best answer I can give at this point. Uh, obviously it's a yes that I like to run. However, uh, you don't make the decision alone. You talk to your family, mm-hmm. you talk to uh, your supporters and you talk to people that live in those uh, ridings that you want to work with. So uh, I have the ability, you know, I was uh, born and bred in Louisville. Uh, uh, I know everybody from my, my family's from uh, uh, Saint-Marie, Saint-Paul, Saint-Antoine. So it's, it's a big decision. So I have roots in both uh, ridings. So. Well, Minister Alain, uh, thank you for doing this interview with me. No problem. Thank you, Logan. It's it, much it, appreciated. It was an honor to, to, ha- to, to do an interview with a cabinet minister. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Have a good day. Cheers. This has been an episode of the Manifesto. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Logan. Today, my guest was Daniel Lay, PC MLA from Moncton East, a minister of local government. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in to the Manifesto podcast brought to you by the UNBSJ Politics Society. I'm your host, Logan Cook.